T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Previously on The Lawrence Holmes Show. Tony LaRusso has been backtracking about the, if you have to go outside, the organization, real fans don't want that thing. Then the organization went outside the organization. And made a trade. Craig Kimbrell is now a Los Angeles Dodger. The White Sox got back A.J. Pollock. And if you're like, well, I've heard that name, Lawrence. He's a decent player, right? Yes. When healthy, he's a very good player. Pollock's career numbers is slash line 281, 338, 482, and 819 OPS. His career OPS plus is 116. Pretty good. In 2021, he had a career year, slash line, 297, 355, 536, an OPS of 892, his OPS plus 137 last season. The issue with Pollock is that he stays injured. He's played 10 major league seasons and has averaged playing 90 games a season. He's had some major injuries. Some of them happened like out in the field. He's a good player when he's healthy, and I think that he can help the White Sox. I love that they got him by trading Craig Kimbrell, who they didn't need or couldn't figure out how to work. I thought that Rick swung for the fences by getting Kimbrell last year, and I thought it was worth it. For some reason, it didn't work out. Now they've got Joe Kelly in the back end. They've got Kendall Graveman in the back end now, along with Liam Hendricks. So overall, I think it's a plus. Make me a bicycle clown! Look at that, me saying nice stuff about the White Sox. I mean, it made sense. Everything went bad. Nice job! Welcome in. My name is Lauren Tomes, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock at 1 o'clock. Sierra Santos of MLB Network will join me to talk about the upcoming season and her new gig as the new host of Quick Pitch. We are going to talk about the Bulls at some point in today's show. As Saturday wasn't a whole lot of fun, and I suspect that tomorrow won't be a whole lot of fun either, and probably not Wednesday either. But still, we're going to discuss them. The Bears are back at Hallis Hall today doing things because they get extra early time because they have a new coach. But next, next, Steve Stone joins me for his first 
hit of the season. That's right. We get Stony. So if you want to know what's going on with the White Sox, if you want to know what's going on with baseball overall, don't touch that dial. The score senior baseball analyst Steve Stone joins me next here on The Score. Color analyst for the White Sox, Steve Stone, joins Lawrence Holmes. Try it with your bare hand. It's a lot easier that way. Steve Stone is a Cy Young Award winner. He is a fantastic color analyst for your Chicago White Sox, and he is a score baseball expert. As Steve was saying, try it with your bare hand. It's a lot easier that way. Steve actually poked his bare hand in the booth and has cut himself open. Steve Stone talks with Lawrence Holmes. I'm about to pass out. Yeah. Loss of blood. Social media got Steve Stone and Lawrence Holmes right now on The Score. The Score's senior baseball analyst Steve Stone joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We love when we get a chance to talk baseball with Steve Stone, and he now joins me on The Score. Hey, Stoney. Hello, Lawrence. How you doing? I am doing all right. I'm doing okay. How about you? I know that you were looking for relief broadcasters at the end of yesterday's game, and I think it's an idea that you should explore with Brooks Boyer. Well, look, I mean, we've got pinch hitters. We've got relief pitchers. We have people who come in, uh, certainly not in a tight game, but, you know, in a blowout game, it would be nice. You know, all of a sudden, Jason and I just kind of pack it up and, you bring some people in to kill some of the later innings. I don't think that Brooks will necessarily go for that, but it's not a bad idea. And while we're thinking about it, you know, I am now the senior uh, baseball analyst. I would like to be the junior baseball analyst for the score, but apparently I guess uh, Carl Reiner, Buddy Epson, uh, were not able to uh, to get to Mitch Rosen, so I, I guess I'll have to settle for senior baseball uh, uh analyst see it's not a thing of age it's a thing of respect that's why you're i mean you've got the tenure so that's why you're the senior baseball analyst oh thank you they always tell that to the old guys but anyway uh how are things going with you and uh how are the folks taking the the latest injury which is the lance lynn injury and that that in itself you know you you just hope to get out of spring training when you get to the last week to 10 days you hope to get out without any more injuries. Garrett Crochet was uh, bad enough. He's going to be lost for a year plus. And now it turns out Lance Lynn is uh, is also going to have to uh, have surgery. So th- this is not a good ending as far as this particular spring training is concerned. No, it's not. And obviously, like, White Sox fans are taking it pretty hard because you're thinking, look, at the, at the top of the rotation, if you've got Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, you're in pretty good shape pretty much no matter what. With him being gone for what it looks like at least eight weeks, so two calendar months, how do you expect the White Sox to adjust? And and do you think that that a pitcher like Dylan Cease is ready to take that next step in his development? Well, I think Dylan Cease absolutely is ready to take that next step. The question becomes how quickly can Michael Kopech uh, get it up and ready? Uh, and, uh, you know, will Dallas Keiko pitch a lot in the spring, I would anticipate he would for the simple reason that uh, this is the last year of his contract. He has all the incentive in the world to come back and put together a solid year. I'd like to see the the Dallas of uh, of uh, of two um, oh, of let's say two years ago, and instead of the Dallas of uh, of last year. If we can see that, I think things are going to be in a whole lot better shape. But 
you know, look, we were in the running. We were one of the last two teams. It was San Diego and our ball club for Sean Manaya. As it turned out, San Diego's offer was a little more enticing, and uh, Manaya went to the Padres. But I would assume, and knowing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams as I do, I know that they're absolutely trying to exhaust every aspect of, of getting the Sox, uh, I think, a, another quality starting arm. And, you know, that's, that's not going to be easy because the people that have them uh, at this point are going to ask a king's ransom because they realize the situation that the, the Sox are in. They're certainly not going to do anything that helps them unless it benefits uh, the team that they're coming from. So uh, I think that it's not going to be easy, but I think it is doable. And, and I, I would assume that uh, we'll see something coming up. I know if it, if it doesn't happen, it won't be for lack of effort because I know uh, – uh, that these guys really work hard to try to put this together, and they feel that uh, maybe, just maybe, one more arm, uh, especially a starting pitcher, would be advantageous at this point. It would seem like Oakland is not that interested in competing this year, and I know that they named Frankie Montes their their opening day starter, but do you think that, that it, it would even be possible to, to make a move for a pitcher of that quality on such short notice? Well, I think it's always possible. It, you know, it depends on, Lawrence, exactly what you want to give up. And Montas was probably more expensive than Manaya anyway for the simple reason that Manaya had one more year of control. Montas has two more years of control. It's that control that really gets costly. And, you know, Oakland, if they, uh, the most amazing thing when you say you don't think they're, they're trying to compete this year, uh, if they do trade Montas, they will have around a $25 million payroll. I would assume there's probably 30 major league players who by themselves make more than the entire Oakland Athletics team if they do trade Montas. So I think he's there. I think he's available. I think uh, the owner, John Fisher, wants to divest himself of every vestige of payroll that he has. And, uh, you know, they want to rebuild. They've done a good job over the years of rebuilding on the fly. But they don't have uh, they don't have Bob Melvin anymore. Uh, he is a wonderful manager. He went to San Diego, which is good for the Padres, bad for Oakland. But even more than that, they don't have a particularly strong system, and they don't have a whole lot of rebuilding. But their problems are not the Sox problems. The Sox are sitting there now with a couple of injured pitchers, injuries they don't want to have. And you know you can look at it, and it was almost predictable, Lawrence. Predictable because. If it was ideal to have a three-and-a-half or four-week spring training, if that was ideal in a non-strike or in a non-lockout situation, spring training wouldn't be six weeks long. It would be three-and-a-half weeks or a month long. But in an ideal situation where there is no work stoppage, you have a six-week spring training. You have that for a reason, and that's for pitchers. That's to get them ready to go. That's to be able to get there, throw a couple of sidelines, maybe three sidelines, maybe an inner squad game, then get your four or five starts in the Cactus League. That didn't happen this year. This was an accelerated spring training for a number of different reasons. I was very much against this from the beginning. I thought if you accelerated this, if you forced it to get in 162 and brought this to an accelerated pace in spring training, you would open the door to injuries not only in spring training, but a tremendous amount of injuries in April. We're seeing it with the Mets. 
we're seeing it with the Sox. And you're going to see it with every team because pitchers' arms get torn down in spring training and built back up as you go to a crescendo toward the opening, the opening series. That hasn't happened. So that dead arm period that we talk about so much, that's going to happen during the season. And in spring training, when you have a dead arm, when the, the ball isn't quite as lively, the ball isn't breaking as well, you relax because it's spring training. But if you're in a regular season game, you're not going to be able to relax. That's going to cause more injuries. I thought this thing was very short-sighted. I think the people who will pay the price will be mostly the pitchers, but I think a lot of different players will get hurt. You know, that sudden acceleration that you go through, uh, stealing bases, running out doubles and triples, uh, from a dead stop, you're going to third base on a base hit. You're going to see a lot of hamstring issues, and you're going to see them, and they're going to keep popping up. And uh, I hope the Sox are by theirs, but, you know, it's a tough situation. How would you suggest that managers, pitching coaches, go about bringing starters along in the season, considering that they're not getting what they need in spring training? Well, I think they addressed it partially by having a 28-man uh, roster for the first month of the season. Uh, you're going to see starters go a shorter period of time. You're going to see several use of the bullpen. Uh, you're going to see high scores. Uh, so for those interested in that, uh, perhaps the over might be enticing early, uh, especially if it's not 25 degrees. But I do believe you're going to see more pitchers being used and starters going shorter because you've got to build them back up again. You really have to protect these guys because they haven't had a chance to have that normal spring training. And I'm not saying that they didn't work out during the lockout because they did. Just about every one of them did. But it's different. You can work out. You can throw on the sidelines. You can pitch at a junior high school somewhere or to a high school catcher, even a pro catcher. Uh, but it's just different when you get into spring training against other major league players. And so, you know, this is going to be a tough year. And you just have to hope for the contending teams, they don't lose too many of their stars. But I fear that that's exactly what's going to happen. And I thought it was penny-wise and pound-foolish. Stoney, you're really good at explaining the human element of the game, even as we get more and more data that helps us try and figure out what's going on. I wanted to to try and understand Craig Kimbrell from, from your point of view. This is a guy who is going to the Hall of Fame. He's an incredible closer, one of the best that's ever done it. Something happens to him when he's not in a closing role. How do you view that as, as someone who's pitched at the highest levels, won the highest award in pitching, how do you explain guys that have some of these fundamental things that keep them from succeeding in roles that aren't their own? Well, I'll, I'll start the answer by telling you that in the research that I, I do, uh, pretty much on a daily basis, but used to do a whole lot of as far as being on the field and talking with various players and talking with my teammates, I would ask all of the guys that are playing in the major leagues, I would ask them about the role that they were playing. The everyday guys, Lawrence, that's not a problem because, you know, if you're the starting shortstop, if you're Tim Anderson, you're going to hit leadoff, you're going to play every day, and you know the manager has confidence in you. But one of the things when I talk to a role player, when I talk to a guy that was a platoon player sometimes, and sometimes he just filled a role against a certain type of pitcher, I said, how can you excel 
at what you're doing when you don't have consistent at-bats? How do you keep your rhythm? And he said, the first thing you have to do to excel at the role is accept the role. If you don't accept the role, you can't excel at the role. And so he told me when he accepted the fact that he was not going to be an everyday star in the major leagues, then acceptance set in. That was the problem with Craig Kimbrell. He never accepted the role of a setup man because this was a guy who was a lifetime closer. Obviously, he had his ups and downs as a closer also, as we saw with Boston and we saw when he first came over to the Cubs. But by and large, this is a a top-of-the-line successful closer. That means you're going to get the ball at the end, the game is sitting squarely on your shoulders, and you you are the last act for a winning baseball game. And obviously that role is easy to accept because, you know, that's, that's one with the bright lights. That's one that if you do it well, you make a lot of money, you get a lot of acclaim, you read your name in the headlines, you're among the best in baseball. I mean, look at what Liam Hendricks has been through the last few years, being told that you, you're, you're as good as it gets, you're the best there is. So when you take that away, when you ask a guy who still believes he can do that to suddenly become a setup man, he does not accept that role. And so all the things that he would do as a closer, and it's, it's a psychological manifestation of a physical act. If psychologically you're not entirely 100% down with whatever it is you're asked to do, you can't possibly do it. And that was the biggest problem. I still believe that Kimbrell can close for the Dodgers. I think he'll do a pretty good job. I think, number one, with Will Smith, I think he'll have a catcher who can who can handle that breaking ball consistently, maybe dig pitches out of the dirt a bit better than he experienced here in Chicago. But I do believe that he can resurrect what has been a terrific career. I think it was a great trade for both teams. If A.J. Pollock stays healthy, and I think that he's in great shape right now, it gives the Sox really what they needed, a guy who can catch the ball, a guy who can certainly hit, steal some bases. I mean, every aspect of the game, he's solid. And it gives the Dodgers what they were looking for, when Kenley Jansen went to the back-end guy to help out Blake Trinan and maybe really solidify that bullpen. So I think because the money was almost similar, it was a no-lose situation for both teams. Both teams traded from abundance. The Sox bullpen is outstanding, and the outfield is pretty crowded for the Dodgers. And so they, they made the trade, and I have to credit, uh, credit Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams in making that trade. It was a good one, and it was a good one for both teams. I saw on the broadcast yesterday, Chris Kampka did the side-by-side. You took the guy on the right, which no one was surprised about, and Jason took the guy on the left, and the two guys end up being Mookie Betts and A.J. Pollock over the last 162 games. I I was flabbergasted by the fact that he, he is right there with Mookie Betts over the last 162. The key with Pollock is just keeping him healthy. There's no question about his talent. Now, he's, he's always been a good player. I remember when he came up with the Diamondbacks, watching him go get him in center field. He was really a state-of-the-art center fielder. He might not have been quite as fast as some of the burners out there, but as far as getting a jump on the ball and being able to throw it accurately and set up, his technique is very good. I think he's just solid. And so, uh, yeah, he was he was something. And the only thing really that's been able to stop him all these years has been the physical aspect of it because he's gotten hurt a lot. And, you know, it's not his fault. He doesn't want to get hurt. Baseball players want to play. That's what they do. Uh, as far as the last 162, nobody's going to tell you that A.J. Pollock is as good as Mookie Betts. 
Certainly the Dodgers won't tell you that. But Mookie Betts is one of the greats in baseball. There's no doubt about it. And uh, he's had some he's had some physical problems. That's really stopped Mookie Betts from being the player that that he normally is. When he's healthy, he's devastating, and certainly uh, a big part of that that Dodger juggernaut that they have. But yeah, I, I think the people they shouldn't short sell what AJ Pollock can do because he's a very talented uh, young man. Stony, outside of the, the the guys that have we talked about that are injured, this is a season that, that you've said you think that the people at the White Sox think it can be a special season. What's the thing that you're most excited about going into this season? You know, last year when Eloy went down early, and then slowly as we eased into the year, getting used to no Eloy, Luis Robert went down. And now you had you had probably a total, let's call them both in a healthy year, they're going to hit 70 home runs. They're going to drive in close to 200 runs. They're going to steal some bases in the case of Luis Robert, and, and they're going to help set up an offense that should be devastating. Not having them was very tough for the ball club, but they overcame it last year. I don't think, I, I don't think Eloy was the same all year long. So I look forward to a healthy Robert, a healthy Jimenez, and a lineup that should be devastating. I mean, this lineup is relentless. They're going to make it really difficult on opposing pitchers if they don't have really good stuff. Uh, We're not going to see the lineup, unfortunately. We're not going to see the regular lineup for the first two games because Tim Anderson will not play a couple of games because he's suspended from that on-the-field fracas last year. Uh, but again, it's only two games. So um, I'm excited about this lineup being together. Uh, Grandal is healthy. I think that we can see from both sides of the plate when he's healthy, he can really hit. And because they are in need of a left hand, a left hand presence in that lineup, Grandal, Moncada, uh, Sheets if he plays, Leary Garcia when he plays going to give you those left-handed bats, but I think they need a, a left-handed presence consistently, and uh, this lineup is is a really tough lineup, especially when you add Pollock to it. Stoney, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you. I can't wait for, for all of the opportunities I'm going to get to talk baseball with you throughout the season. Lawrence, it's Friday afternoon. That's when it kicks off against the, uh, the Detroit Tigers, who are going to be an improved team. And it should be just a really exciting season. So hopefully everybody stays healthy. Hopefully you stay healthy. I'll try to stay healthy and keep Jason healthy, and we'll go from there. So have a good rest of the show. Enjoy everything. And uh, it's going to be a special year, I think, on the south side of Chicago. I hope you're right. I'll see you at the ballpark. That is Steve Stone, the score senior, with love and respect, baseball analyst. That's why we say it. Not because he's old. Because we love him. And he knows more than everyone. That's why you get that label of senior analyst. When we come back, we'll let we'll discuss the the Lance Lynn injury. Like it's a it's a real gut shot. Like it's a it stinks. It stinks. And we'll let you hear from the White Sox and what they have to say about it. We will do all that. We'll take some of your feedback if you want to. 312-644-6767. That's the number that you can call, that you can text. Also, we're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago670thescore. Usually what happens is on Mondays and Wednesdays, since I teach, I kind of look like an adult. Kind of. I mean, today I look like I work at Blockbuster, but that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm sure my students don't even know what Blockbuster is. Back after this in the score. Yo, Holmes! 
Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes! And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. At one o'clock, Sierra Santos is going to join me. We're going to talk about her new gig. That's right. You'll be able to see Sierra every day during the baseball season because she's the new host of Quick Pitch. So we will talk with our buddy about that coming up at one. It just struck me. Ray, did Dan mean for me to sing zombie during transition instead of linger? That may have been the case. Because I think he was disappointed, and now I'm like, he must have meant zombie. Because then, because then it's like, it's in your head, in your head, zombie, 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 eh, 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 oh, oh. So that's what he meant, right? I think that's what he was going. Okay, for. <laughs> all right. Like I literally, I was just like, oh man, he didn't mean linger. He didn't mean like the sweet love song. He meant the the song about the IRA. That's the song that he meant. I have to take that up with Dan Bernstein tomorrow on the Dan Bernstein show with people and friends and Rick Camp in studio. Lance Lynn getting hurt this weekend is uh, problematic. And I don't think it's as simple as he'll be all right in eight weeks. I want you to listen to Rick Hahn describe how this is going to go. I think eight weeks is if everything goes right. The MRI on Lance revealed a slight tear uh, in one of the tendons by the knee. It's actually very similar to what uh, Yasmani Grandal endured last season. Uh, Lance will have a what is estimated to be about a 30-minute procedure on Tuesday in Chicago uh, to remove and repair whatever tear is in there. Uh, he then will be off a mound again in about four weeks. And, of course, there'll be a process to building him back up. Uh, so once he's back off a of mound, we'll have a better estimation. But in all probability, it's going to take at least four weeks after that to build him back up to game readiness in Chicago. Uh, the good news uh, is that once, as it was the case with Yasmani, as you saw last year, once this issue is addressed and resolved, it should, knock on wood, be behind us going forward. Okay, that's a good thing. It did sound like Rick was about to cry at the end of that. Ray, I need you to isolate the going forward part. I mean, I understand why he would want to cry because one of your your hosses, uh, we nicknamed him Hoss. Hoss is not going to be available. And it's four weeks from Tuesday, tomorrow, until he can get back onto a mound. And then hopefully four weeks after that, that he can pitch in the major leagues. Someone texted in and said, do the Sox address Lance Lynn's weight? Maybe, but when exactly are they going to do that? I mean, I guess they could do that inside of the rehab process, but if it's similar, as Rick said, to what went down with Yasmani Grandal, maybe it's not that big of an issue. To me, though, I think you're going to get in there and then you got to figure out what's going on with his knee. So 
eight weeks is uh, optimistic. Or as Sammy Sosa used to say, Ostimisti, which is totally fine. That's the best case scenario. In the meantime, the White Sox have got to figure this out. I was pleased to hear, like, Stoney doesn't drop stuff like that about, like, possible trades and stuff unless he feels comfortable in saying that type of stuff publicly. And hearing him say that the White Sox were close to getting Manaya, although they didn't get him, and they're on the hunt to find some starting pitching help makes me feel a little better. I would also offer they should have done that in the offseason where it wouldn't cost them as much capital as it might cost them in manpower capital having an injury this close to the beginning of the season. But we shall see. I thought Rick pulled a rabbit out of his hat with the Kimbrel for Pollock deal. And I think that if, if he's healthy, Pollock is going to be able to help these guys throughout the season. But it sounded like he wanted to cry at the end of that. Going forward. Yeah. All right, no, wait, let's do it again, Ray, and I'm going to lay out completely, and I'm going to cue you, okay? At the end of him talking about Lance Lynn, tell me that this doesn't sound like Rick wants to cry. Going forward. A little bit. A little bit. We'll preview the White Sox and the Cubs in all of Major League Baseball when we visit with our friend Sierra Santos. She joins me next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.